Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. My name is Sue Ann Camfield and I serve on staff here at the church and I have the amazing and very fun pleasure of being the host of this podcast. It's been so good to be back with you all over these last several weeks as we get into our new recording rhythm of going every other week. And so I hope you've caught on to that. I hope that's working for you. And then hopefully you've been able to process how God is working in your life in one of our deeper still Zoom groups or with a few friends or maybe even just in your own head as you wrestle through some things with the Lord. So wherever you are, whatever you need, we are just glad you're here. So come as you are and uh, take whatever you can today for what you need. I do want to give a quick shout out to all of our new listeners, as well as those of you who have reached out with a note of encouragement over the last couple of weeks. I know I say this all the time, but it is so great to hear from you and just to hear how Deeper Still is touching your life. So keep reaching out, keep letting us know, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Christchurch Women. Uh, we are slowly creeping across the country, ladies. Our audience is expanding and we uh, not only across the country, but we have some new local churches who are listening. So thank you for sharing. Keep doing that. Keep inviting friends to join this conversation conversation, and we're just going to sit back and keep watching what God is doing. So today, we are going to dive into the final verses of James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. It is just four tiny verses, ladies, but I tell you what, wow, get ready. Um, Do I have any control freaks out there? You can kind of silently raise your hand. No one's going to see. Fess up. Uh, Because you know what? Today, this is going to really hit you hard because we are going to talk about control. We're going to talk about what it looks like for us to let go of our hopes and our plans and our expectations and how to kind of wrestle through with our own soul what happens when things don't go exactly as we thought we would. So saddle up, get ready for that. Um, In the studio with me today is no stranger to many of you. For 17 years, she was on staff here at Christchurch as a pastor and most recently as the director of contemporary worship. She stepped away from that full-time role in January of 2020, but still influences so many people with her wisdom and her gifts as one of our teaching pastors here on staff. She is also a well-known speaker and the author of four books, including True You with Adele Calhoun and a study guide called Women and Identity, which I would encourage you to check out. She is on the board of Denver Seminary and now works as an adjunct professor at Northern Theological Seminary. She is wife to Joel. They just celebrated their 24th anniversary, so shout out to them for that. And she is the mom of three teenagers who are all in remote learning heaven right now. Not. Uh, But friends, I could not be more thrilled to say that my friend, my colleague, Tracy Bianchi, is here with us at Deeper Still. And if you thought James has been relevant to us so far, I can't wait till you hear what Tracy has to share today because you're going to be blown away. So saddle up, settle in, open your Bibles to James chapter 4 if you can, and enjoy the conversation as Tracy and I go deeper still. Tracy, it is so good to have you here today. Hey, Sue Ann. Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Uh, I bet it's it's weird for you a little bit, even though you've been around, but to be back in the building, to be down here, to see some colleagues today, it's it's like a 
blast from the past at the same time it's a it's a reality of your present yeah it's been great it's fun to see like actual human beings now (laughs) instead of you know zoom screens like we've been doing so yeah yeah. you know what I didn't say in um, my intro of you is that um, somehow in God's providence not only has he allowed you and I to do ministry side by side together for a number of years but you're also uh, one of my closest friends and I was just thinking how every time I have these moments with you I realize what a privilege it is that we have like raised babies together and we get to sit here and um, do ministry together as women in leadership and it's just it's such a gift I know I'm I feel like giggling and squealing right now it's kind of exciting so <laughs> we could do that a little I bit know. if we want you know we might if it happens ladies just we, we forewarned you so just just so you know um, Tracy I know there are so many women out there who just know you and love you and who are familiar with you I know there are some people who are listening to you for the first time today so they're getting to know you but for those of us who have known and loved you and miss you um, give us just a little snapshot of what what's what how are you what's life going on yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Like, you know, uh, it's, I think, crazy enough to make a major um, like vocational change in your life. But to do that eight weeks before a global pandemic, <laughs> right. that was a thing. So I've been hanging out doing the pandemic thing. Like, I mean, I guess that's a thing. I don't know. But like, like everybody else, it's been a lot of... Um, family time, a lot of baking bread and taking walks. And, you know, we've just kind of been hunkered down, hanging out. I, you know, I think in a different year, I might have some stories of adventure to tell you, but kind of just hanging out and doing life right now, waiting for this thing to pass over. That's right. That's right. Spring is coming. That's what I keep saying. Spring is coming. It's getting warmer today. Spring is coming. There's hope on the horizon. 40 degrees and That's sunny right. today. We're That's living right. the dream. That's right. <laughs> well, one of the things I love about... Um, you specifically being here for this chapter, and, and we're going to get into more of your story a little bit later, but uh, what we're talking about today, letting go of control and letting go of your plans, uh, is so relevant not only to all of us, but to your life today. And so I'm excited for the women to hear a little more of your story. So thanks in advance for sharing that uh, with us. So here's my confession to you. I have to say, I have been waiting. um, I've been wanting to have you as a guest on the podcast since we started in the fall. And I have been waiting for James chapter four, verses 13 through 17. Because the reason I've been waiting is because you preached a sermon in August on these very chapters. And at that time, I knew we were gonna be studying James together as a women's ministry. And when I heard you give that sermon, it just knocked my socks off because um, not only was it incredibly wise and just so faithful to the text, but again, so incredibly relevant. I felt like everything you said was speaking directly to my soul. And um, ladies, if you want to hear that sermon, you can actually visit our website uh, and go to the media page on the Christchurch website. You can look up Tracy's sermon from August of 2020. I would encourage you to do that. But Tracy, I just knew that because of that, I had to have you here today. So I I just um, can't wait for all this wisdom you're going to spew at us today. Well, thank you. It's going to be good. (laughs) Going to be good, my friends. Um, So before we go any further, Tracy, we kind of have this uh, tradition of what we do here at Deeper Still, where we read the text out loud just to give our listeners a chance to put some context on what we're talking about. Um, And I would love it if you would do me the honor and our guests the honor of reading the scripture today. Absolutely. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. 
boasting about tomorrow. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and does not do it, it is a sin for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Uh, this is a, this is some hard verses. I mean, we've been saying all along as we've studied James, like each week it's just like, whoo, punch in the gut, whoo, punch in the gut. Um, and here we are again. These are a few hard verses. And Tracy, when you gave your sermon, you titled it, Letting Go of What We Never Held. So good. <laughs> that right there is worth money. Uh, tell me a little bit, why did you call it that? And how do you make sense of these verses? What are they all about? Yeah, you know, it, it, this is a challenging passage. I actually wrote in my notes after that passage, oof, because <laughs> this one just, it catches you. It, the sermon title came from the fact that you know, originally I had thought about just titling it Letting Go or, you know, some something to that effect. And then I thought about the interesting um, fact that we try to let go of things that we've, we don't actually ever hold. Like we don't hold our futures entirely in our hands. We don't hold our health. You know, yes, we can make some decisions that inform what will happen in our lives, but we don't, we don't hold on to most of the things we think we do. So we talk about having these grips, these, these tight grips on our futures or on our dreams or our hopes as if we were holding on to them, but we never actually mm. are holding these things. And so we talk about letting go of something that we're actually not holding. We just have the illusion of holding these things. Mm, which I, I want you all to remember that and carry that through that because it's so important because we're going to have to keep reminding ourselves that throughout this entire conversation, even when we talk about our plans, to come back to this truth that, you know what, we thought we thought we were holding on to them and they were never really ours in the first place. That's such good wisdom. Um, and you say, you know, James starts out with this very strong imperative. He's, he does this over and over again throughout, and he starts out with the words now. And he's calling us, why does he do that? He's calling us to attention, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, and I know you guys have studied this last week or, you know, in a previous podcast, uh, you know, the, the opening of this passage are exhortations and encouragements to humility and to a proper posture in reference to one another. So he talks, James asks the question earlier in chapter four, you know, what causes quarreling among you? And, and he's trying to understand, you know, their arrogance and their lack of humility toward one another. And so the now is sort of this moment where he's like, okay, given all of that and all of the things I've talked about, about how you should interact with one another, now... Mm -hmm. Let's pivot and talk about you, taking that same practice of humility and bringing it to a posture towards God, which is ultimately the most important. Right, right. Well, and, and we have, I love that you bring that up because we always say as good Bible students, right, it's never good to just isolate a set of verses. We always need to be looking at what's happening before, what's happening 
um, after or what's the context. And so part of what I love about this picture, this um, vignette that James is painting for us is that, you know, we've said throughout James that he uses language the people he was writing to would have understood. He's using metaphors that they understood. It was it was true to their experience and to their life. And so when we get to this piece, he is um, speaking to some of the context that is happening in the ancient culture at the time where businessmen, uh, maybe businesswomen, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, would that include businesswomen at the time? That's a total tangent. But should I be saying businessmen and women or should I just say businessmen? Well, I think more important is he was talking to both men and women. So I think he's probably used an example that would have had a male reference at the time, but he's everything he's saying here is applicable to that would be my, oh, my guess. That's good. I love that. <laughs> I was thinking about that as I wrote that. Um, and so, it, it, you know, the Jewish people were known for, they were traders and they were known for business. They they uh, were known for some of their business skills. And so um, at the time, there would have been people who would look at some of the cities that were prospering around them and would say, hey, you know what? I have some skill. I can trade. I can I can do these things. So I'm going to go to that city and do this thing. I'm going to set up shop there. I'm going to make money. Um, and then, I, you know, it's going to be great. Make a fortune. And then I'm going to come back and, you know, we're all going to celebrate. And James is pointing that out. That's the example, the metaphor that he's using. Like, hey, uh, don't do that because of this thing that you're talking about, about making plans. And I love that you... Um, you kind of put that in some modern context for us as well in the sermon. I'd love for you to just talk a little more about that. Yeah, you know, it, it, the, the beautiful thing about this passage is that it's not anti-planning. Right. Like in theory, it's not bad to go take a walk and plan something, but it's it's whether or not we consult God as we do it. So um, I had read kind of a, vin- a similar-ish vignette um, a year ago or two about someone talking about how frustrating it was to have had a vacation planned for them. And I remember thinking to myself, that doesn't sound bad to me. (laughs) But imagine, you know, take a minute if you would, and imagine, you know, the pandemic's over, COVID's over, you know, the the airlines are like, you know, yay, travel again. So you decide you're going to surprise your your family and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make everybody you know, happy, or maybe it's your roommate or your parents or, you know, whoever it is you, you live with or you travel with. And you go and you plan and let's say, okay, we're going to go to San Diego or something, right? Maybe you, you, make, you buy tickets for the zoo, you do the whole thing, you're going to go to Universal, you're, I don't even know, you know? And then you come home and you've got everything planned out and you've got a spreadsheet and you've got, you know, reservations and hotels and you spring it on your family or your roommates and you're like, hey, we're leaving tomorrow. And even though that might be amazing, chances are they're going to look at you and be like, tomorrow? Like, mm-hmm. tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, I have a test. I have to go to work. I have all these experiences. I have a dentist appointment, whatever it might be. Like, I cannot get on a plane tomorrow. You cannot make plans and not consult me. And we would look at that and go, you know what? That's a pretty far-fetched thing. Like, most of us would not do that. Even if we were trying to surprise a spouse or somebody, we might give it a little bit of a heads up. But we do this with God mm-hmm. all the time. We're, okay, this is the career I'm going to have. This is the sort of person I want to be married to. Or, you know, maybe we say, I want to be single my whole life. I don't want to get married. Or, you know, I want to go to this college. Or I, I don't want to go to college. Or, you know, I, I want to live here. I want this kind of dog or, <laughs> or Instagram page. I want to be this kind of influencer. And then we, like, put this whole thing together. And we pull up to the curb. And we kind of look at God. We're like, okay, jump in, you know. Like, get in. Let's go for the ride that I've planned. 
you know, and God's got that similar reaction probably as somebody might in your room going, oh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. It's not what I've planned. <laughs> well, and I, I love, I actually wrote down a couple of things that you said. And, and you said, you know what? God looks at us and says, we're not taking that trip. And also, you're not the one driving. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Say a little more about that. Yeah, you know, like, you know, I, I think it helps to think about God in these sort of practice. I know we always, and there are these holy aspects of God that we cannot access, but, you know, we always think of him, him or, you know, as this ethereal experience, but like in the reality, like God is also driving, you know? And I just, I imagine like, I mean, I drive around my life with my hair on fire. I've got you know, 17 dreams and goals and ideas, and I'm always late for everything. And I can just imagine myself pulling up, screeching the tires at the curb, like, get in, you know? And God is just like, yeah, no, we're not taking that trip. Like, do you not know what I have planned for you? Yeah, God's like, my car is actually over there, right. and you're in the wrong one. Right, and he's like, you know, you're not even riding shotgun. Like, you're sitting in the back with the, like, stale Cheetos and Pringles <laughs> while I take you where you're actually supposed to go in this world. That's right. And I love that you bring up, too, it, it's funny because I think depending on how we're wired, some of us are more prone to do that than others, right? We have, you know, I joked at the beginning, we have our control freaks out there, which is a good thing. I need control freaks in my life because I'm not one of them, and so I need people who will kind of help me with that a little bit. Um, but depending on how we're wired and, and how tight we hold to our plans, this is going to hit some of us differently than others. Oh, absolutely. You know, I have these friends that are in different industries that are very, you know, um, they just, they like order. They don't thrive wonderfully in chaos. Um, I've got some friends who say they think in Excel, you know, and it's like, you know, and, you know, have a minute by minute log of, you know, if they were going on a trip, they'd be like, at 7.52, we're going to cross the border into Colorado or whatever it might be. You know, and I think that there are these moments where, you know, you might look at God and go, uh, have you seen the Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> I've got this figured out. And there are people who perhaps have a tighter grip on some of these things than others. There is definitely temperament that plays in. Although that being said, I would say that all of us have a desire to control the outcomes of our lives. Yes. We just maybe do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we talk a lot uh, on Deeper Still about just being self-aware and knowing ourselves and the importance of that because um, knowing how we approach God, knowing how we're wired, knowing how we're going to react to certain situations, we're going to get to that in a minute, what happens when our plans don't go the way we expect. And so it's just as another moment I was thinking, especially as we're, we're entering this Lenten season, and, and I know some of you out there um, are familiar with what it looks like when I say we enter Lent, these 40 days leading up to Easter, where we're really trying to be intentional about um, our relationship with the Lord and, and examining our own soul and our posture before our Father. And I think this is a good time, especially during Lent, to ask ourselves some of these questions to reflect on what am I holding on to too tightly, you know, and what is my propensity for that? Yeah. And yeah. What, and what is my way of doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is easy to say, okay, well, you know, we always joke that there's certain people who are control freaks, we might say, but everybody has these controlling tendencies inside of them. It's just, how do they get played out in your life? What do they, how do they manifest themselves? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
good stuff right there. I'm going to have to sit with that one because I often say I'm not a control freak, mm. but how do they manifest themselves in my life? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, you can. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. You can dig into me a little bit. Um, you know, Tracy, I think that um, when we really get to the meat of this, it's about perspective. And because I think what happens, and, and, um, and you have alluded to this, what happens when we don't have the wrong perspective, when we forget who's driving the car, when we forget that, um, you know, it's not our job to make the Excel sheet for our life, and we have these plans about all of those things you just listed that we think this is how our life is supposed to go, when we don't have the right perspective of who's in charge and who's in control and our plans then fall apart what happens yeah I mean this is that pivotal moment in a life of faith where people without proper perspective might go well God isn't real God doesn't love me or God hates me Mm. or you know I give up and because the things that we wanted and therefore accidentally and inadvertently assumed God wanted to haven't happened. And so, you know, it's so interesting because in this, in this passage, it truly does not say, it doesn't say don't plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say don't take that walk. You know, there's nothing wrong. And, and actually in contrast, there are stories in scripture, certainly in Proverbs, where um, we as human beings are celebrated for planning. It is good to plan. It is good to steward your resources wisely. You know, this, these are things we teach at church. What is missing in this passage is a perspective. If you notice, no one prays in this passage. There is no indication of the people, the travelers taking a walk, looking at what they want to do. No one is saying, I wonder what God wants us to do here. And they, and, and they travel. It says, you know, t- today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this city or that city. So there's an indication here of movement, of being in different places. And none of the people in this vignette stop and ask, what, what do the places that I'm in need? Mm-hmm. What, what, what might God be doing where I'm the person that was chosen to walk through this town and this city at this time, right? So there's no eternal perspective in these plannings. And I think that's ultimately what we're trying to get at. You know, Tim Keller says, uh, he has an interesting quote. He says, if you say, I believed in God, I trusted God, and he didn't come through, Keller says the reality is that you only trusted God to meet your agenda, that you were only trusting God to do what you wanted him to do for you because your perspective is limited. It's oriented towards what you want, not ultimately what God might want for you and for the people around you. So good. Yeah. No, that's that's so good because I think, um, you know, when we all sit here and think about it, it's probably more often how we live our lives than not whether it's a meeting or, uh, like you said, planning, whatever it may be, it's like we tack God on as an afterthought and that eternal perspective is an afterthought rather than making that the first thing that we do and then asking God to reveal our steps, to show us our, our steps. You know, we we plan it and then we ask him to put our his rubber stamp on it. Right. And we're like, okay, well, I prayed about it or, you know, or we want things that make sense. You know, the thing, here's the other thing. In this passage, these these were not bad things. Right. It's not like they were like, we're going to go, 
you know, imprison 50 people. These are not bad things that are wanted here. They're just not wanted from the right perspective, you know. And we, in Christianity, have all of these, you know, let go and let God. and Or we love Jeremiah, you know, 29, for I know the plans I have for you you know, says the Lord. And the reality is we often actually have zero idea of the plans that God has for us. Mm -hmm. Like, but we love to quote that scripture. We love to be like, God, have you seen my spreadsheet? (laughs) I know a few Mm -hmm. things, you know, and the reality is we just literally need to uh, let go of what we think we're doing with our lives Mm -hmm. and let God inform them. Mm, It's so hard. That is, that is such a challenging thing. And it's not something we do once and say, okay, good, we did that. I mean, that is like a, a daily, weekly, um, you know, monthly call yeah. to continue to submit. You know, we talked, like you said, we've talked about submission and humility and this idea that, um, you know, it, you brought up arrogance. It's the, the, the subtitle of the chapter is boasting about tomorrow. And it, it just brings us back to this idea that we consistently have to humble ourselves before God. We consistently have to be, um, submit to his plans. It's not a one and done thing. No. And, and, and God knows this is our reality. Proverbs 16, nine says this in their hearts, humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps, which is basically like, okay, you know, <laughs> go ahead, plan your thing. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm the one that decides where your feet move, mm-hmm. where, your, where your life ends up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I want to throw one thing in here, and we didn't talk about this, but I was, um, I'm in seminary right now, and I was reading some stuff. At one of the classes I'm taking right now is a spiritual formation class, and we're talking about lament. And um, the beauty that is lamenting in scripture and just in our own lives and how often we don't take time to do that. We don't take time to do it properly. We don't see it modeled. Um, And I I just want to throw into this conversation that if you listening, uh, if you have plans that didn't work out, if there are dreams and longings and desires that you have consistently thrown at the Lord and you're just like, God, I don't get it. Why are you not answering this prayer? Why, why is my life not turning out the way I thought? Why did my marriage fall apart? Why did I lose this job? Why? Like all of those things, when you really have been in a posture of humility before the Lord on your knees praying and stuff isn't working out, um, how you think it should. And I I just think this, this idea of, I mean, that's part of life. I love that our friend Kate Bowler, we were just talking about, we love Kate Bowler. Uh, She's an author and a professor at Duke, but she says, life is beautiful. Life is hard. She says it all the time and holding intention, these two things where we have to realize that, that also when things don't work out, it's okay to cry out to God and to lament those things. Yeah. It's so true because I think what gets tangled up and leads us to these moments of crisis is that um, I think we're under this false illusion that because we love Jesus, that our days are going to be ordered in some sort of comfortable fashion. And and here's what's really hard. The Bible is a tragedy in so many ways. I mean, clearly it has a good ending, right? We know that. But the Bible is tragedy after trauma, after crisis, after illness, after, you know, infidelity, rape, war, murder, terror, crucifixion. And it is not uncommon in the Bible for the people who pleaded to God for relief to not get it. Mm. 
people die. It doesn't always get better. The beauty of scripture is God's presence with us in our tragedy, in our unmet expectations, in the plans that we made for ourselves that never came through. That's not to say we should long for those things or desire those things. And that's certainly not for me to be like, hey, if you're struggling, no big deal. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But if you have lived, as I have, under some false narrative that our plans will happen and we will be happy because we have faith, the opposite is true. The point of faith is to get through your tragedy and trauma to the glory of God, not to get those things removed from your life, much as we would love that. Right, right. And the other thing that can happen through that also is then we blame God because God didn't come through the way that we thought he should. And so it's it's also a false narrative about who God is, that he is sitting in heaven just waiting to um, work out our lives the way that we think or the, the way we define our world defines good today. And it comes back to that eternal perspective you were talking about that you know, it's one of the things I have to come back to over and over again is this earth is not our home. That's so hard. It's so hard, especially when we're walking through grief or losing people we love or we, we see people leave this earth too early. And I just always have to come back to that. This earth is not our home. We were not meant to be here forever. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make the grief go away. But it's like one of those things we have to keep coming back to so that we don't blame God and we don't um, do some of the things you were just talking about. It's hard, though. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's the life of faith we wrestle through. Yeah, it all sounds fancy on a podcast, right? right? right. And it, these are true things. But, you know, when you actually try to live your life this way, you're like, huh, <laughs> that's harder than I thought it was going to be. That's right. So you we know. just got to keep encouraging each other. Like you said, we know how the story ends mm-hmm. and keep pointing each other to to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking about hard, how's that for a transition? <laughs> How do you like that? Well done. Uh, thank you. Speaking of that, um, you know, for you, Tracy, the rubber has really met the road this year as we talk about this is not um, theoretical in your life. It's not theoretical in most of our lives when it comes to 2020 uh, and beyond. But I, I think your story is so um, relevant and special for this conversation because you worked here at the church for 17 years. You had an amazing job. You, you influenced so many people. Um, and at the end of 2019, you decided it was time to make other plans. It was time God released you from this place, and it was time to do some other things. And then um, you know, you went on a vacation beginning of January and then February, March, and your plans changed. And you are parenting three kids. You have a husband who's a business owner. I mean, there's a lot um, in your life. And I would love for you to just talk a little bit, if you would, about how you have wrestled through the truth of what you know and the reality <laughs> of your life over this last year. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Thank you um, for the opportunity to share that. I, yeah, I mean, like you said, I kind of just reached a point where I was like, you know, what, it's time to do different things. And and that I really believe was not exclusively my plan. I, I believe that uh, that decision to step out of ministry for a while was what God was truly leading me to. It was, you know, it was a decision I made with mentors and friends and prayer and, you know, all the things that we're supposed to do, I tried to do around this because it was the biggest vocational decision surely I'd ever made in my whole life was to step out of of that full-time ministry role. 
what I had done for myself, though, was decide all of these things that I was going to do. I really thought I would go on vacation and, you know, which was a, a, a celebration of uh, my in-laws 50th wedding anniversary. We were with family. We just, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to go to like work out and make healthy food for a couple weeks. And then, you know, there'll be 17 job offers on my doorstep or something <laughs> wonderful like that, you know. You know, and I had ideas of what I wanted to do. I, I, I had um, some plans. And then in March, I was actually talking with one of my friends who lives in Colorado, and we were like laughing. Early March, we're like talking like March 2nd or 3rd. We're like, what is this coronavirus thing? You think this is like a thing? And we're laughing. She's like, you better go to Costco and get toilet paper. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, I had my resume proofed. I had, you know, opened up my profile on LinkedIn. I was like, we're doing this. And then now here we are, and it's 2021, and I do not have the professional identity I once had, which doesn't matter to anybody in the world, but it matters to me. Mm. And it's been a grief because I haven't been able, my plan was to be able to say, I once was this, but now I'm this. And I don't have a now I'm this. And it's not that you even need that necessarily. I have wonderful things now I am. I'm, I'm a better friend. Actually, I'm a better parent. I'm a lot of things since stepping out of ministry for a while. But I don't know what I am when mm-hmm. you ask me, as most Americans are prone to do, so what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So how have you, um, how have you processed that? How have you navigated it? What's been helpful? What's not been helpful? How have you walked through that journey? Yeah, you know, I, I'm to, I'm literally trying to practice what I preach. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's trying to, you know, let go of what I thought. I wanted and what I thought matters. You know, I am a type A. I am an Enneagram three. I am, I am desperately afraid to fail, and and I identify with my accomplishments. And so, a lot of it has been learning to process those parts of me, and to also reevaluate. You know what success is. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I think in this passage, it's interesting because you know the success of the travelers who are making these plans, they have a vision of success. You know, today we're going to go to this city. We're going to do this. We're going to build this business that, you know, and and God's like, that's actually not at all what I want you to think about right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's sort of this reality too, where it, God might be saying to me, you know what, uh, that's not actually what I called you to do. And I have to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. So clearly I don't have it figured <laughs> out yet because I'm talking in you're, circles. You're in process, yeah. which I think I, that's what I love so much about you sharing this piece of your story and why I'm so glad you let me ask you these questions because I think sometimes people think, oh, well, she's in ministry or she's super Christian or she's so strong in her faith that they must not wrestle with these things. And <sighs> at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have the same questions, the same fears, the same doubts. And we're just all in this soup of a mess together, right? Yeah. I mean, in in whether it's, I mean, for me, it's been, you know, professional soup, but that's a, that's kind of like the appetizer to the real out of controlness that all of us have felt this year. You know, with this pandemic and all the things that we've lost, mm-hmm. the ability to control, you know, and I think for most people, that's been one of the great griefs too. Is like, okay, well, um, all right, well, we can't go to school all day. Maybe we'll go to school a couple hours. Maybe you know, when we like put this like death grip on all of these things. And okay, well, you know, 
I don't even know, you know, this will, this will happen. Well, we'll still, we'll still have a job. We'll still get paid. We'll still, you know, it's like, right. You know, I'm unemployed right now with millions of people. Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Say, say a word. I'm glad you brought this up because I think now that I'm looking at you, you're the first person I've had on who is really in the throes of this e-learning with um, younger children. I've done it with older children, but you have, you know, middle schooler, high schooler, uh, say a word to our moms out there who are, who are struggling through this as well. Do you have any encouragement to how, how have you let go of these plans or just where have you found, um, some maybe peace in the midst of them? Or if you haven't, that's okay. Yeah. I'm looking at your face. I want to say I haven't found my peace yet. I'll just be honest. What I'd love to say is, yes, I read James and now I'm okay with it. But that wouldn't be real. Yeah. And so what I've learned a lot about this year is about my control and my desire to create um, reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> my own reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, our children go to public school. We are at the mercy of governor's restrictions and mayors and towns and school boards and superintendents and teachers unions. And that's not to talk negatively about any of those things, but instead to provide a list of all the layers of people who have control over what happens to my children's education before I do, you know, and um, it's been exhausting. Mm. And to watch my children sit at home day after day after day. And I think, okay, well, you know, at least we can get a good desk in their bedroom. Oh, no, wait, desks are sold out everywhere across the country, you know. Uh, You know, at least, you know, this sport is still allowed because it's outside. Oh, no, wait, that got taken away yesterday, you know. Uh, at least the at least we have the internet. No, no, no. The Comcast truck is all over the street. You know, I mean, this is a list of comfortable, privileged stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel silly complaining about mm-hmm. this. You know, we have friends who live in other parts of the world who s- still serve on the mission field and in under-resourced communities that are like, you're kidding me, right? Like you guys are freaked out because your Comcast guy wasn't there, you know? Right, right. And yet I think that's such good perspective. And yet in the midst of that, it's a good reminder to say there are small things and big things um, that we need to release control over. And it doesn't necessarily make one better than another or harder than another. You know, we all have our own realities. It's good to always realize that there are other people in much deeper maybe realities, but um, we don't need to silver line everything. Right. You know, we don't need to do that for each other. Yeah. So No, I mean, yeah. And the realities are that, yeah, there's places where things are harder, but, you know, the this is also a mental health pandemic for teenagers yes. and adolescents and substance abuse. And so this is a... This is a space that's, you know, out of control. Right. And I'd like to control it. <laughs> yes. And now I'm sitting here saying, and you're saying, guess what? You can't control right. it. Don't try to control yeah. it. Let God. I, I, I want to say a word just about kids because I, I think the one thing that has helped me as I come back to my own children is I just have to keep reminding myself God is the author of their story. And I don't say that as a platitude, but it is the one sentence that that keeps reminding me okay, you know what? God is the author of their story. He is the one that is that is in charge of weaving this thing and making this thing however it's going to play mm-hmm. out, not me. Yeah. He's in charge. So so true. Um, so Tracy, you, um, just to give our listeners some handles as we kind of start moving towards the end of our time together, uh, there are two questions you ask 
or, or encourage us to ask ourselves that I think are so brilliant as we wrestle with this. Not that we have to have it all figured out, but there are some things we can do in the midst of it to help lead us on the right path. Share what those two questions are. Yeah, thanks for asking. The first question I think that's helpful, and this is what I've been doing for myself, is asking myself, can I detach Mm. from the outcome? We all have, we make plans, and we have a desired outcome at the end of those plans. I mean, that is in essence what planning is, is how to achieve an outcome. And I think there's a great question to ask ourselves is, can I detach from the outcome? Should the desired outcome, the thing I hope for not happen, can I release that? And that's not easy. I mean, I'm talking everything, right? The desired, I mean, I have an outcome that I would like for my life. That is to live well into the late decades of my life, healthy with, you know, my family intact. That is not my decision to make. Mm. And can I somewhere through the journey of my life detach from that outcome? Because if God says something different, what does that mean? Mm. You know, can I detach simple now from the outcomes I have. I have, I have a, a, a one kid who's, a, who's an academic achiever. Can I detach from the outcome of a certain college or institution that he might go to? Because you know what? Now he might not. And that's not probably what God had for him. So can I detach from that? Can I detach from the image that I have for certain things? You know, I want to look organized or controlled. I want to have people follow me on Instagram, you know, or whatever it is, you know, we're, we live, uh, this is hard, I think, because we, we grow up and we live our lives taught to attach, you know, a newborn that does not attach to a mom, that is not healthy. A, a child has to eventually attach to a parent, a, um, you know, a spouse that doesn't attach to one another. You know, that's, we live learning to attach. We, we attach ourselves to our stuff. Like my daughter is 13. She has so many gadgets and Bath and Body Works lotions and <laughs> potions and Harry Potter this and, you know, slime making. Ca- it's like, and she loves her stuff. She's attached to her stuff. Well, what happens if that stuff's not there? What mm. happens if we don't have those things? Can we detach and instead think, okay, Lord, this, not that. You know, I will trust you with the outcome, even That's if it's right. my own my own very life, which is ultimately what we're asked to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a great example of scripture in this too. When Jesus, I mean, Jesus didn't want the outcome that was going to happen to him. No, I mean, he prayed drops of blood. He's like, Lord, take this cup from me. <laughs> he's like, but then he's like, okay, I guess it's your will. Then yeah. if it, but if it's thy will. So it is okay to beseech God and say, make this different, which is largely what we do for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. That is that is biblical precedent in our Savior himself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but Jesus also was like, okay, I guess that didn't happen the way I wanted. So now I will still follow you, Lord, mm-hmm. all the way to the cross. Not my will, but yours. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I love that we have such a beautiful example in that picture, especially as we're leading up to Easter yeah. in this Lenten season. I mean, we can keep holding on to that that Jesus himself lamented in that moment. It was hard for him to release control when he knew <laughs> that he knew the outcome. And Absolutely. so there's there's so much hope in that. Absolutely. I love that. We see, also see throughout the scripture, you know, Paul in so many of his letters, he's always saying, if the Lord wills, if the Lord permits, you know, and he, he's like, I have my plan. And then he's always saying, if the Lord yeah. allows that to happen. And so again, that submission Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like he even says in Galatians, he's like, I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. You know, and he talks about just that reality of like of his submission to God's will and his ability to give up and detach from the outcomes that God had yes. for him. Yeah. And and then live with the outcomes of Jesus in him. Yeah. So. That's so hard. Everything we're talking about today I know. is so hard. Hey, I'm <laughs> sorry, everybody. Let's but find it's something good easier. Stuff. I know. Yeah. It's good. This is this Well, is... this is easier though. The second question is more hope filled, I think. All right. Take us I'm there. Do then. That. All right. I'm gonna take you there. But <laughs> I think the first question obviously is can I attach detach from the outcomes? And the second question is can I find God? And the answer, obviously, is a resounding yes. But God is with us in the things that do not go as we have planned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting to me, and this is not a new concept, but it's one I I camp out on sometimes. You know, people say things like, well, we were praying and God just showed up. Or, you know, we were in this meeting and, and, and the Spirit showed up. God showed up. God is always there. Mm. We just become aware of his presence. Um, I think it was Anne Lamott who once talked about how in Exodus, there's that story of Moses in the um, in the burning bush and and the journey, you know, he was on and how he found God in the burning bush. And, you know, he went and, you know, God says, take your sandals off. You're standing on sacred ground, all that stuff. And I think it was Anne Lamott asked this great question in one of her books. She says, well, how long was the bush burning Mm -hmm. before Moses noticed it? You know, it wasn't like Moses was walking along and all of a sudden God was like, surprise, I'm here. (laughs) Moses, what's up? It's like, no, God exists around us all the time. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as, you know, a God forsaken place. God is always here. We happen to notice on occasion. Mm. (laughs) And so I think that that's the reality is that we need to look around and say, okay, that thing that I had planned is not unfolding as it was supposed to. So instead of glaring at that thing and being angry with this like laser focused, you know, hatred about the fact that our life didn't go the way we wanted it to, I think the broader thing we need to do is say, okay, well, where is God? Mm-hmm. So God, clearly you have said that is not going to happen for me. So where are you then? What do I need to notice? Who is here next to me that I didn't even notice before because mm-hmm. I was so focused on this? You know, can I find God? And the answer again is yes, we can, but mm-hmm. our vision has to shift. Yeah, it comes back to that perspective. Yeah. That, that uh, not being arrogant, that yeah. humility, that submission in all things. Well, and that's part of detaching from the outcome, right? If I'm able to detach from the outcome and loosen my grip on what I thought I wanted, then I'm free to look around and go, huh, well, look at all these people that God has in my path. Look at this plan in my life. Look at this opportunity. Look at this lament that I need to spend time with. Look at this grief I need to process. Mm-hmm. I did not know this was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it works on the flip side, too, when things work out awesome. Yeah. When, you know, when things are just going so well um, to also not, you know, break our arms, patting ourselves on the back for how awesome our life is right. and how big our house is and how much money we make and how, you know, we have great health and all these things like those are also a gift. And I love, I think one of the first scripture I ever learned was in this passage, you know, your your life is like a mist that is here and it vanishes. I mean, even on the good days, we yeah. need to have that perspective that, you know what, I don't even want to say, but by the grace of God, because I don't want to say that good things happen because of God's grace uh, that, that can get a little, you know what I mean? But even in those moments, 
to say, you know what, this is, I'm riding high right now, but this could all, like, like putting your hand in a bucket of water right. and pulling it out. Yeah. There's no impression left in that water. It's just a plain old yeah. bucket of water. And sometimes we think when our hand's in the bucket that our life, you know, uh, is going to keep looking like that, 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 you know, it's not going to, we lose that perspective of the mist, the vapor. Yeah. And I think, again, that's not to be uh, depressing. Um, it's the truth. It's the eternal perspective that we need to have. And I think that actually leads us to gratitude. Yeah. That my vapor was here at all. I mean, that's what this passage says. Your life is but a mist and then it vanishes. And yeah, you're right. At first glance, that looks depressing. But yet we all know this year with the fact that we have to wear masks everywhere, mist is a thing. It exists. (laughs) It hangs in the air. It's a vapor. It doesn't last forever, but it existed. Mm. And I think that's where the beauty and encouragement, even in the last verse, verse 17, you know, here you are, this mist, this vapor hanging, you have this life. And then James issues a warning. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do, knows the plans they should pursue and, you know, knows the goodness of God and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. You know, Mm. it's like, here I am hanging in this ether of life. And I have a choice mm. on which plans I want to pursue. That's and if right. I pick the wrong ones, it's not good. Mm. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, my friend, we're almost out of time. I know this time just flies by so fast. Uh, is there any other thoughts kind of swirling around that you want to share before we close? Yeah. You know, I think it's always great to end with God's thoughts. Um, I would have a plan of something wonderful to say at the end. It's not that I don't have that. I've probably too many thoughts in my head, but I think there's a beautiful passage from Proverbs 3 that um, we can hold to in addition to this text and encouragement. Um, It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and others. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the beautiful reality of what what we're trying to do. So That's right. Thanks for pointing us to that. And thanks for just sharing your story and your wisdom uh, and just being here with us today. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Well, friends, I hope you found just some courage, encouragement and some hope and just some perspective in that conversation, especially because I think it reminds us that in all things, we are not alone. We all walk through this life together and the paths that are laid before us through the beauty and for the hard. Uh, we're in it together and we can remind each other that God is the author of our stories, that he is the one in control. He is the one directing all our steps. So ladies today, let's be women who hope for what we need to hope for, who release control of what we need to release control of and trust in the grace of God to guide us through all the mess and the beauty that surrounds us each and every day. Um, I hope you hear that today and live in his truth today. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to share it with a friend because maybe someone has come to your mind during this conversation. You know they need to hear this. So don't wait. Share that with them. But friends, whatever you're doing, wherever you find yourself on the journey, may the goodness of God meet you exactly where you're at as you keep going deeper still with him. 
Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you back here real soon.